Others are important because of the way they went awry, because they show us how prosecutors can jump to conclusions, then disregard any evidence that undermines their assumptions. The witchcraft trials in Salem and the McMartin preschool case are just two examples of this sad tendency. But regardless of their conduct or their outcome, every case we'll look at offers lessons that we can use today, lessons that can bring us closer to our highest ideals of justice. So with these criteria for a great trial in mind, let's start our tour in ancient Athens. The year is 399 BC, and it's a late spring morning in the People's Court. Here in the Agora, the civic center of the great Greek city, 500 citizens, most of them probably farmers, sit outside on wooden benches. They are separated from the crowd as spectators by a barrier. One of those spectators on the other side of the barrier is a 27-year-old named Plato. He has come to watch the trial of his 70-year-old teacher, Socrates. The 500 men inside the barrier are his jurors. Before the sun sets, they will sentence Socrates to death. Most of what we know about the trial of Socrates comes to us from Plato's writings, and Plato is hardly an unbiased observer. The same can be said about Xenophon, the author of the only other surviving account of the trial and also a disciple of Socrates. There is good reason to suspect that Plato and Xenophon wanted to present their master in a favorable light. It is likely that their accounts leave out some of the most damning evidence against Socrates and some of the most powerful arguments for his guilt. So this presents us with a puzzle. What we do not know from our surviving trial accounts that might explain why 500 Athenians would send a 70-year-old philosopher to his death. Why in a society enjoying more freedom and democracy than the world had ever seen would Socrates be put to death for what he was teaching? The puzzle is all the greater because Socrates had taught without molestation for nearly his entire adult life. What did Socrates say or do that caused a jury to demand his execution just a few years before he would have died naturally? This we can say. The decision to prosecute and ultimately convict Socrates is very connected to the turbulent history of Athens in the several years preceding his trial. Socrates, as a young boy, saw the rise of Pericles. It was the dawn of the golden age of Greece. Pericles, perhaps history's first liberal politician, helped bring about a fundamental power shift. For the first time, the masses, and not just the property-owning aristocrats, enjoyed liberty. Pericles created the People's Court, used the public treasury to promote the arts, and pushed ahead with an unprecedented building program designed not only to demonstrate the glory that was Greece, but also to ensure full employment. The rebuilding of the Acropolis and the construction of the Parthenon were just two of the best-known projects of Pericles' many ambitious building projects. Despite Growing to adulthood in this bastion of liberalism and democracy, Socrates developed a set of beliefs that put him at odds with most of his fellow Athenians. Socrates was not a democrat or an egalitarian. To him, the people should not be self-governing. They were like a herd of sheep that needed the direction of a wise shepherd. 
He told anyone who would listen that they were fuzzy thinkers, knew nothing, and worried about trivial things rather than about what really mattered. Striking at the heart of Athenian democracy, he criticized the right of every citizen to speak in the Athenian assembly. Writing in the third century, in his The Lives of Eminent Philosophers, Diogenes Laertius reported that Socrates discussed moral questions in the workshops and the marketplace. Often his unpopular views, expressed with an air of condescension, provoked his listeners to anger. Laertius wrote that the men set upon him with their fists or tore his hair out, but that Socrates bore all this ill usage patiently. We get a contemporary view of Socrates from the playwright Aristophanes. In his play Clouds, produced in 423 BC, Aristophanes.